Jr. with you here. As we are each week on Tuesday night, David is holding down the fort in Des Moines and West Des Moines at G-Migs, and I am in uh, South Lake, Texas. Uh, and I was David. I was just counting it up. I think this is the seventeenth. I'm I'm running out. I'm running out of ideas. But I think this is the seventeenth remote city that you or I. Well, nope. I forgot about when you were at the Little League uh, World Series. You did oh, one from Williamsport, one. didn't you? Well, that's eighteen. I, I was in the airport, maybe in Scranton. Was definitely where Dunder not... Mifflin is. All right, Scranton. Okay. I was not in Williamsport. I was at the air. Actually, you know where I was? I was in Detroit. I had already, I had had done the first flight. Oh, okay. Little League World Series. Okay. Detroit okay. Wayne Airport or whatever it's called. All right. Well, that puts anyway. us at 18, I think. Anyway. Here we go. Hey, man. Hey, we, uh, we, got to, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about this week including a, a, a football victory, which, uh, admittedly, I was pessimistic. But uh, you were dri- when we were driving over on Saturday morning, you said, you know, the one thing that, that we can count on in this game is we have a decided edge in special teams. And, boy, did that prove to be prophetic, because I, I think if you look at it, yes, the defense was incredible, but the special teams were really what won that, game, that football game for Iowa the other day. Well, there's no question, you know, and and Kirk Ferentz and quality football coaches will have special teams coordinators, and they'll pay attention to that. And those were direct shots at both that team 30 miles north of here and those to the west uh, about having a special teams coach. And absolutely, all three phases matter. And when you've got a kid like Cooper DeGene, who is – I was thinking about this. He's not Bobby Sanders. He doesn't hit as hard. He's Micah Hyde. He he is that is the kind of football player that Cooper DeGene is. He can change a game in special teams. He can change a game on defense. And in the unlikely event that Brian really gets fired up and and says, you know what, let's do something really fun and puts him on offense, we're all gonna sit there and go. Where has he been? Um, there's a great article on The Athletic. I'm pretty sure it was Docterman uh, who, who wrote this and talked about the nine out of ten plays at the end of the state championship game. I think it was two years ago, COVID year, 2020, I think. And uh, he had nine out of ten plays where he completely affected the game and turned the game around, and then they won the state final. And Cooper DeGene is... He is something, and he is the real deal. I've been trying to remember this. Audible, Arthur, Battle Creek, Ida Grove. <laughs> all all of it. them wrapped into one. Yeah, you got them all. There you go. Well, 256 squares miles of, of high right. school <laughs> entity. Valley High School's got like 18 square miles. Yeah, it's just right. It just to eight times the population, but but yeah, exactly. Hey, he had ten tackles. Let's let's not forget. So he had the pick six, right? Everybody will remember that he had the pick six. He had a uh, uh, killed a punt on the one yard line that which he made uh, look so easy, right in front did. of us. He threw it right back, you know, in, into the field of play, uh, and then right after that, um, following that series, he, he returned. 
the punt from the 50-yard line down to about the 20-yard line, so Iowa was in the red zone and able to score a touchdown. So he's responsible for two there, and he also right. had 10 tackles, not to mention the number of pass breakups he had. I mean, this kid is turning in. He's really he's turning in an all Big Ten year right now. Uh, not enough people talking about him, but he's turning in that level of a year when you look at all-around player. And I, I think it's funny. I, I I'm pretty sure he you know he was wasn't he the MVP of that that uh, All-Star game he was in a couple years ago. Um, the, the, like the high school he's, he's, the high school All-Star yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, very no, well could have been. Was, I don't know. Yeah, but I think don't. he was, and I think it's because he did he did a number of things in that game too, different things, right? Just right. an all-around great player, and and you're right. I think it's it's in, you, he's a Micah Hyde type because Hyde could, uh, you know, return return uh, punts, return uh, interceptions for touchdowns, break up passes, intercept passes. He was that kind of a guy. I I, I think it's it's hard to know exactly how to classify him, but. It's great to watch, and then the rest of the special teams, as we said, you know, you get a blocked punt uh, um, out of Deontay Craig. Uh, our man Higgins, Hawk, 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 jumps on the ball. Hawk, Hawk, uh, Hawk. Iowa able, right, gets to, uh, Iowa goes in and scores from there. You got Drew Stevens with a big field goal to uh, put Iowa up two scores uh, in the fourth quarter uh, on a day when it was plenty cold out and, and the wind was, you know, in and out. It wasn't super windy, but it was not going to be an easy kick, and he still made, made it. Um, I, I, the, the special teams, um, on top of uh, that, you, you throw in um, uh, some pretty good punting out of Torrey Taylor. Still not looking as confident as he has maybe in the past, but, he's, boy, he's hitting the ball a long ways, and he, we take it for granted. And we look at each other and go, well, that didn't look very long. And it's Yeah, and they add it up as 47 right. yards. <laughs> right, right. So uh, it, it, really, it really was a big deal the other day that that Iowa had that level of special teams play and and really frankly when people start talking about the luck that uh, Iowa has from time to time uh, this you know you start looking at it, it's not luck right uh, they, you know you blocked the punt for a touchdown last year That's the Browns coaching. turned the game around yeah well you, you, kick, you return kickoffs and, and punts and all these different things really go into this and it's year in and year out. Anyway, it's, it was it, that was great. It's coaching, Brett. It's it's attention yeah. to details, and it it is not willing to take an easy way out by saying, "Okay, we'll just gather all of our coaches together and figure out who should run down." You know, if you actually watch our punt coverage team, okay, when when it's not. Uh, punt safe and they leave the first team defense out there yeah you'll see guys out there like jack campbell and um seth benson as well as as dejean as a gunner on when we're punting the defense that we have against the the teams that are trying to run things back it's it's incredible the starters that are out there and that they compete at that high level for that play. And and they take nothing for granted, and it matters. It really does matter. And when your offense is as poor as Iowa's offense is. By the way, can I tell you two great things that Spencer Petras did last week? Are you ready for these? He had no, no interceptions. He had no interceptions, and he completed nearly 61% of his passes. <laughs> He's 14 for 23 for, for 94 60. yards, 94 big ones. Yeah, 
But you know what? Um, but two for two inside the, the red zone, like you said, they yes, got down to the 18. Yes, yes. Punched it in. The block yep. punt, they got to the 17, two plays, and they, and they scored a touchdown. And if, you're gonna be, if you can be efficient in the red zone like that, then you can ride your special teams and your defense. And had it not been for one blown coverage between Riley and Quentin Schulte, I mean, you win again this week, 24-3, still come away 24-10. And if I'm not mistaken, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, outside the Michigan and Ohio State games, no one scored more than 10 points on Iowa. Is that fair? Is that no, right? it's, uh, I, it's, um, uh, it's in my notes here. It's the eighth game. It's the eighth game Iowa's had this year that they've held an opponent to 10, 10 or fewer points. And, uh, yeah, no, Michigan and Ohio State were the only two teams that were able to, to um, exercise their will offensively against Iowa this year. Now, that's not saying they played a bunch of great offenses, but that's still some serious consistency, right? That's elite-level defense when you're elite. shutting everybody down. It, well, and don't, don't, you know, don't sleep on Purdue. I mean, that, that three-point, right? you know, I mean, they go and they score 31 at Illinois. Illinois just, just in has a pretty damn good defense, right? That, right. That, that's a salty group over in Champaign. And they got 31 on them. And what did Purdue get on? Uh, then they get to, you know, they still got Three. 21 on Wisconsin, right? Right. And they scored, I mean, they Purdue scored some points. So um, I, I, I think it, it can't be, uh, it can't be overlooked. And I was, it, you know, it was funny um, going into the game. Everybody was looking at that rushing stat that uh, of the 22 years that Kirk's uh, played yes. Wisconsin, uh, it was 19. Uh, this is their, this is now 20 and two. It was 19 and two. Nineteen out of the twenty-one times they had played, the team that ran uh, won the running battle, the rushing battle, uh, won the game. Well, Iowa, with their oh by the way, um, first down Seven right at the end run. of the game, yeah, got a got it uh, fifty-two yards to fifty-one yards on the ground. So it goes to uh, twenty out of twenty-two. But, um, but that's but how Brett, close this is, thing has been, right? In Brett, but that's that great. Still, yeah. So Iowa leads the country. In, in yards per play against, currently 3.81 or something like that is the yards that Iowa is allowing per play, and that includes the Michigan and Ohio State football games. And that includes a 52-yard pass for a touchdown against Northwest, or excuse right, me, right, right. against Wisconsin against last week. Wisconsin, yeah, yeah. So they lead the country in yards per play as a defense since and I'm going to I'm going to say like 2011 or something like that only four times in college football has have teams held the other teams to less than 4 yards per play for a season two of those teams were named Alabama okay so we are in rarefied air right now yeah. when yeah. we're talking about the Iowa defense. That being said, as long as our quarterback continues to complete 61% of his passes and have zero interceptions, only one fumble, and that wasn't exactly his fault. If you're gonna, if yeah, you're gonna Iowa avoid gave that, up. Uh, no, no, right. You can avoid that. I mean, 146 yards, you know how, you're, how you get 146 yards? And win a football game, which, by the way, apparently is the first time in 100 years anybody's done that. Second um, time. Li- 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 well, literally, <laughs> right? 
Right. Um, but the, the way the way that you do that is with the special teams. But then your quarterback doesn't make a bunch of mistakes. So your when special you do, teams you got capital, you 110. Yep. And so, you and you capitalize right, and you capitalize on the few chances you get, and that's the thing you can say the other day. So as I, I still think Brian Ferentz's uh, game plan was, um, I, I didn't understand adequate at best. A lot of it. Right, adequate at best. We we thought. Um, I think we we observed a number of times where the running backs were cutting back into the flow of the play, which is something a little bit new, but a good idea against an over pursuing line. We liked that. Didn't see enough of it. But the one play that we both gave him some serious credit for, the one play that you've got to give Brian Ferentz and probably Spencer Peters credit for for getting the touchdown is when uh, we came up short on the goal line on third right. down. And rather than pissing and moaning about it like you and I were doing in the stands, they just went up and ran a play, a quarterback sneak immediately. Wisconsin wasn't ready, and Iowa just went right into the end zone. That was it's a safe huge to, call. It, so, yeah, it's safe huge. to say, Brett, that you and I were not ready. as we were. Right, no, right. We weren't watching. We were, right, right. And uh, there's not been enough credit given to you for moving down from your seat to stand between me and the arbiter from the Wisconsin. <laughs> and you stayed there the balance of the game, and he shut up. And uh, and and if this he happens... He was something, wasn't he? Well, he was something. You know, I've seen something before, and I'm pretty sure that's what he looked like. About 6'4", there's no question that dude was a lawyer. And, uh, you know... <laughs> It, he was what he was. That's a TFL baby, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah. Avert your time, eyes. Well, and that, that, yeah. you know oh, the problem oh, is you throw the, you throw yeah. those things out at us early in the game, and as soon as it starts happening back at you, you're going to hear it. Yeah. Not just from me. Yeah. Not just from you, Andrew, Buzzy, <laughs> and the surrounding cast of characters that we have there in section 102 are going to hey, come hey, down yeah. on you like rain. All right. <laughs> it's going to look like a rack. With the bombers it, in the was, morning coming down on you, it was all right? Pretty, it was pretty. Yeah, he was. He was. He did. He quieted down once things uh, started going the other direction because we were it, able to turn around and say, "Oh, it hurts to watch. Avert your eyes. Avert your avert eyes." Your eyes. But actually, so, you, you know, I anyway. Yeah, I. So I last year in, between, in the Penn State game, there was a girl wearing a white T-shirt, and she happened to be. She had the pleasure of sitting next to me, and th- good things happened early for Penn State in that game last year. And then the Hawks kept going and going, and I eventually knocked them out and won the game. And she left somewhere in the, in the early third quarter. So, I, you know, I dress in layers. So it can't be a, a body issue. This, this has to be, all right, they're just annoyed just enough that they're, they're going to go seek shelter, yeah. <laughs> seek shelter somewhere else, which is fine. But that's all right. If you're going to sit in one no. or two and you're a visitor, just be prepared. Right, section be prepared. rows you're, thirty-four and thirty-five. Friendly fire won't catch you. We own, we own them. That's right. Those are our rows. We own them. That's right. So uh, the Hawks win this twenty-four to ten. They pick up the Heartland Trophy. It was really fun to watch them sprint across, particularly the defense, sprint across the field to grab that baby. Um, um, just they, so they had one this year. I think very. They're all very disappointed about losing the Skyhawks yeah, Trophy. We'll see yeah. how things go this right. This week it's uh, Floyd of Rosedale, which is probably the, the obviously the longest term uh, one in uh, since 1935, and that's three o'clock on FS1, Fox Sports One, Saturday at Minnesota. 
Uh, Hawks are bowl eligible, by the way, David, and and uh, that wasn't a certainty a couple weeks ago. So let's let's be happy with that. And I feel like you uh, feel safe to say that they'll probably avoid the quick lane bowl, even if well, they happen to stumble here somewhere along the line. That, that's right. right hey. We'll find out. We'll talk to Tom Caker in just a bit. We'll be back in ten minutes or so in the Hawkeye Huddle, one hundred one point three, KBMG. Well, hello again, everyone. Since Brett, I do not hear him. I'm going to go with he's there, but if he's not. And we're back on the Hawkeye Hello, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton. And there he is. You. There I am. You know, the, be- the beauty, we-, we need to make this a rule, Ridge. If you're out of town, the guy who's, who's well, here, not, I just he's got, he, I just he's got the pull. He's got the bring back or whatever you call that. Yeah, I, well, I, I just texted you, and then I didn't hear you go, so I thought I'd take it. Well, that's you know. right. Hey, well, hey, you, you can't know, text we, me at the we, last we, minute. I know. I know. My my fault. My bad at the last minute. I was, I was bringing bring it back. I bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah, okay. Well, so where where are you? You're a G-Mix, right? I'm a G-Mix. We are most weeks on Tuesdays, right? So, uh, it's it, great it, to be go here. Go down and uh, hang out with You know, Dave we had a little snow today, Brett, so the crowd's a little little less than normal. It's still, still uh, delicious burnt meat properly for dinner. Uh, are the Christmas steak, decorations up yet? Steak night? Yes, they did. They put them up yesterday. Looks beautiful nice. in here. Nice. I love it. I love it. Bru- Bruce well, put them up. He goes, it better thing. snow. And then he got it. Hey, well, he got it. I think we got this thing worked out where you and I can be on the phone and we can also uh, talk to young Young Mr. Tom Caker. Young Mr. Definitely Tom Caker. I wish I was young. Are. Yes. Yeah, you're, young. you're younger than, than we are. <laughs> I no, he's young. Yeah, we can hear you, too. Uh, I don't know if I'm I younger see. than you guys. I'm I'm 56 years old, man. I'm, I'm 57, Tom. Thank you are very you little. Really? I thought yeah. you were 46, Tom. I'm giving you a lot of credit. You look you look better than we do. All right. Well, good for you. That's cool. I, he okay, doesn't so drink as much. All, but, that's probably the thing. That's probably the same. I wish right I was there. 46. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't we all? Don't we all? Well, we're certainly um, – um, the Hawks are certainly putting us through the ringer this this year with uh, a, a, a different start to the year than we thought and we hoped. And that now they're here they're on their way back, Tom. And I think three weeks ago we sat there and we enjoyed, you know, our kibitzing and complaining about – how things weren't going the way we, we had hoped, and they got smoked by Ohio State. And I, I You said it, and we had said it right before that. You wouldn't be surprised if they ran the table. Well, they've gone three for three, and um, for they're starting to do this thing again where they're getting into November and they're playing better all the way around, whether or not the offense is perfect at this point in time. Uh, they are delivering. They are delivering in the situations where they need to deliver, and I – I think last week when I, when David got on me because I was pointing out in the second half they really hadn't done much of anything at Purdue in the second half, but Iowa delivered in the first half when they had their opportunities. Right, this last Saturday they delivered in the red zone, so all the way around they're getting the plays when they need to have them made now, and that's the way Iowa football works is they capitalize on the situations and opportunities that they're given. Yeah, and um, and it's huge. That they're, you know, knocking the ball into the end zone too. That's that's gigantic, right? That that they're ginormous. To, you know, 
turn turn the and instead of just kicking field goals, um, getting the ball in the end zone just there's a pep in your step after that, right? And I I, I think we saw that Saturday against Wisconsin when they they turned that uh, that block punt around and you know two plays and they they score a touchdown. And I I think it's just uh, that can just have such a huge impact on um, on how your how your team feels and it picks up the defense too because they feel like they've done something significant as well. No question about that, Tom. And you know it, it's interesting. So Brett and I sit in section 102, which is pretty much right on the goal line on the north end zone. And it's at the end of the third quarter, Mitch Richmond, Mitch Richmond is going up and he's raising Mason. Thank you, God. Mitch Richmond played for the Kings back then. He was was a good basketball player. Run TMC. Run (laughs) TMC. Anyway, I'm horrible with names. But I, I do remember this. Richmond is standing down there at the north end zone as the third quarter runs out, and he is raising his arms to the crowd like, let's go, because we are about to punch this in, and it's going to be fantastic. And and, yep. and I even remarked, I think, to Brett, I was like, I haven't seen him do that. And I haven't honestly, I haven't seen a lot of guys on the team doing that. Now, I've seen the defense, you know, uh, come on, let's go, and, and whatever, and, and you don't really have to encourage the Hawkeye crowd too much on defense, but it was great to see that sort of enthusiasm. And then after they punched it in, as we just remarked about this, we thought that Caleb Johnson had scored. We didn't go to the replay. We're lamenting that. And then before anybody even knows what happened, Brian said, screw that, just sneak it in. And no one was ready for it. And we scored anyway. And frankly, I think that's, that's a very smart thing to do. Something that a lot of people don't do in college football. Waiting for the replay. Yeah, yeah. I, that's. I, I thought it was great. Um, I mean, I, I asked Spencer after afterwards, and he said he thought uh, thought Caleb got in. But anyway, he was just like, "Yeah, that we, we're working on that. They're just, you know, that's one thing they're going to do is is just kind of jump up there and go and uh, punch it in." And um, that was real helpful. I mean, getting that in. Uh, once it got to twenty-one ten, guys, that game was over, and I think we all know that. Well, no question yeah, about it, it. Yeah, no question it, about it. It very well could have been over at fourteen to three. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, but uh, you know, it, you know, if not for a little mix-up there um, at the end of the first half, but yeah, no, at that point it it was over, and and I kind of thought there were a handful of points of time in the second half where the Iowa defense just flexed its muscles so much that Wisconsin got that same feeling that we've had before against them, that it just wasn't going to happen for them, right? And, you know, as you look as you look forward, um, boy, if they can deliver two more times, right, if they can deliver two more performances like that, uh, it's looking really good. The opportunity is there. Uh, Illinois has got to beat Michigan now, or the opportunity is there for Iowa to return to Indy. So, let, let me ask this, Tom. Or this is the debate, right? Sure. Do we are we excited? <laughs> are, are are we barking up the wrong tree, wanting to go back to Indy, knowing what awaits us there is probably a double digit loss, just because we're going to play such you know a, a powerhouse. Or, I, my opinion, you you, you got to love the experience. You got to go. It's great for your program. 
I just don't understand people that, that look the other way. But, I mean, your thoughts on that? Chip in a chair, right? Right. You know, the old poker, same. Chip in a chip chair. In you got a chair. shot. You never know. At, and, hey, I watched right. Valley Tigers in the same scenario. Literally, uh, three touchdown underdog, I, I figure. I, a buddy of mine at Twitter what did goes, they, what, what did you, they get beat by? What did, what did Valley get beat by in the regular season by Dowling? I think it was either thirty-five to three or thirty-five to seven, and it wasn't even that close. Yeah, it was. I think it was thirty-five-three, maybe. I think so. And look what they did. Right. Never know. And yep. It can happen. Yep. It can happen. Those teams are not impervious to mistakes and whatever. They're they're still college kids. They're still you know football teams. In and you have to take advantage, as you said, Brett. You get an opportunity in the red zone, and, and go back to that Big Ten. Championship game last year, first drive, and up two score touchdown. Don't score the touchdown. First, miss two the, drives, miss yeah. the field goal, first and then the, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh good lord, right? So it can happen. It's not. It's yeah. it's always always win this. All right. So, Tom, something happened this week that we're not accustomed to seeing. Kane Proctor went on allegedly an official visit to Oregon after he's already committed to Iowa. What does that yeah. mean? Um, not a whole lot anymore because there's, you know, I asked Kirk kind of about it, and, and he basically said, "We don't, we can't do anything. You know, what can we do? You know, okay. can't stop them from going." And you know, I think the policy would be, well, if it's a three-star kid that's, you know, whatever, they might just say, "Yeah, um, screw you." Talk to you. Yeah, right. Yeah. But five-star in-state kid that's close close to a sure bet as they've had in this program in forever, (laughs) in a long time. I I don't think there's many people who would think that. I would be shocked if the kid's, um, if that kid isn't, uh, you know, all Big Ten kind of level player eventually. Right. Not right away, but eventually. But he's he's, he's playing. He's he's good. He's He's as good he, as advertised. He's really good. Um, so you just that those are kids you kind of make exceptions to, but I, I do know that he did not tell Iowa. Um, you know, he he didn't tell them that he was going. Didn't tell anybody. I think his immediate family were the only people that knew that he and his mom were going on this trip. So was it um, wasn't part of it that it, he was going with a teammate? Um. I have not heard that, but they may have taken a teammate along with him for the ride. I'm sure Oregon would do whatever to get him on campus, you know. Uh, <laughs> it but, wouldn't take much but, Nike money to give another plane ticket. Oh, no. And, and they're offering their uh, collective, I think it's called Division Street, is offering a lot of money. They right. offered him, I, I, I heard secondhand, that they offered him seven figures um, before he committed to Iowa. Holy moly! So, yeah. Does yeah, Iowa have do, Does Iowa have seven figures in the collective? Yeah. It's um, so. I, I, I'll just say this. Um, I think he's going to have. I, I, I will probably can't match what Oregon, what Phil Knight is going to be able to write as far as a check. Right. right. 
but but I think I was going to be able to be competitive with him. Good. Competitive, and so, oh, by the way, it's a two-hour drive. There's no airplane. There's no hotel. There's none of that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Oh, boy. So there's you're no saying way. there's a chance. Tom. There's no way we're losing. What when's signing day? Tom, when's signing day? Oh boy, I knew you'd ask me that. It's uh, <laughs> second it's like, weekend and or second Wednesday, I think. And I think it's the is it the seventh or the fourteenth or something like that or the eighth? Fourteenth, fourteenth, I think. For, uh, right uh, that weekend, like fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, something like that. Okay. When they can, when they can sign. All right, well, so that's some hand-wringing for another month, basically. I mean, literally a month from today. <laughs> yeah, I figured there would be some hand-wringing because it was just too quiet. But I'll say this. Caden was at every other Iowa game this year, every time. I'd always say hi to him, talk to him for a few minutes and say hi. How's sure. You doing? How you doing? Well, and you got to figure Kirk by. and Brian were in Cedar Falls last Friday, weren't they? Um, that I don't know. Okay. I mean, you weren't yeah, there. I, I wasn't there. I think they're. I think they're limited in terms of how many in person they can go to. You can't even just show up in the stands, wave. No. <laughs> Sit by mom. Yeah. Can't do that. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> can you? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Um, so, <laughs> I'd have been um, there. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Certainly, as you say, it's a. It's a. He's a can't miss kid. And, the only part about that that you said, I, the fact that he didn't tell the Iowa coaches, did not tell the Iowa coaches, uh, they don't regard that as real cool. But like you say, Kirk's probably looking at this as, as what can you do. Um, well, the last Brett, the last so, time this happened, that kid went to uh, uh, Alabama, played center well, for four years. Well, you know Benjamin. You know Benjamin play, is in the NFL right now, and it's kind you of, know, he just got released got yesterday. But whatever. Oh, did he really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't didn't see that. Uh, hey, Tom, um, we haven't gotten into much of the winter sports yet, but the one thing I, I was interested in, um, just what you've heard about, uh, Spencer um, Lee did not wrestle on Sunday in the win over Cal Baptist, 42-3. to Not um, surprised. Not surprised how, he didn't how, wrestle. How, so what's the plan for him this year? Do you know how, when are we going to see him and how much are we going to see him? That's a good question. I He said at media day that it sounded like he was going to wrestle a lot. I've heard the opposite. I've heard. I have, I have heard the know, opposite as well. Yeah. He made it sound like he was good to go and that he was going to be wrestling a ton and, you know, he'll be out there and I'm, I'm going to be very surprised if we see him wrestle half of their duels this year. I if we get if we get to see him, him, yeah, Tom. If we get to see him in the Big Ten in, during the Big Big Ten season, that'd be great. Real fast, we as, went as this Tom week. Brand said he's the only matches that matter are in March for him. All right, fair enough. Thank you, Tom Kakert. Thanks, guys. Hawkeye Report. Thank you Thanks. so much. We'll be back in a minute. Hawkeye Huddle. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle. Dave Creighton Jr. here, live and in person at the G-Migs. Brett Ridge, my friend, on the phone. And uh, we are back for our last segment. I want to thank our great sponsors, Angie Lancaster, 
Remax Concepts, Brian Howe, Key Mortgage, right here in front of me, and I appreciate them more than they know. Our great friends at AM, PM Plumbing. Brett, do you know what they do? I think they do plumbing. They do plumbing. They do it well. They do it better than I do, that's for sure. Do I speak? Yeah, when you point it, when I point at you, yes. Yes, when I point at you, yeah. that's when you're supposed yeah. to talk. So, uh, also, uh, our, uh, don't, let's not forget about our friends at Gatehouse Pictures. Got some help go. again with the website this week when things weren't working uh, uh, perfectly. And, of course, we'll do the Fifth Street Five brought to you by Private Wealth Asset Management here in just a little bit. Um, hey, let's run through the – we, we're running out of time. We didn't get to do much hoops. Let's run through it real quick. The men's team won on Friday night. They beat North Carolina A&T 112-71. Uh, a couple of the highlights there, Pete Stanford 7 for 10 uh, from the field for 17 points. Chris Murray a quiet 22. So uh. He's starting to, uh, to do, to do that, that thing, right, where he just sort of shows up with his 20 points. We'll see how that goes. like to see Joshua Gundelay get six points and six boards in there, or five boards in there. The other night, Iowa scored 77 points in the last 24 minutes of that basketball game. Uh, they have Seton Hall tomorrow night, my friend. That's a big one, 6.30 on FS1 and Omaha on Monday on BTN. Uh, let's, let me get past the, uh, the women's stuff, and we'll go back and discuss that Seton Hall game. Um, the women's team took care of business against Evansville, 87-36, but then went and had a great game at Drake the other day. I mean, a great game in terms of uh, – Atmosphere and crowd, 92 to 86. They win it in overtime. Uh, the Good place game. Built, the Nap Center was, and they, yeah, uh, um, they came away with the victory. Um, uncharacteristically, shot 17 of 30 from the free free throw line. Iowa was the leading free throw shooting team in the country last year. With all of their players back, you'd think that would continue, but they didn't make them the other day. They struggled a little bit with that, but they they got the win. Monica Sinano with uh, 36 points. That makes her the Big Ten Player of the Week, by the way. Uh, she shot 66% from the field. What a great test for them. Uh, I think the biggest thing for them is defense is, is still a little bit of an issue. They've got K-State Thursday and then Belmont on Sunday. So for the two hoops teams, K-State's a bit of a test for the Iowa women's team going on the road. And certainly the men going to Seton Hall tomorrow night. That'll be their first road game uh, in the Gabbett games uh, out east in Seton Hall. Uh, from what I saw, the game I watched, uh, they they didn't look too bad. So it'll be a, a pretty good test. No, Danny Hurley's got, done a really good job out there, and there, you that's a team you know that's going to play with toughness, and and they are they are going to be pesky. I think. No, wait, I said Danny Hurley, didn't I? You I did. Think he's, didn't they get the St. Peter's coach? Who'd UConn. I think Danny Hurley's at UConn. Coach. You're right. Yeah. I think they I'm got, sorry. They, I, I apologize to all of our Hawkeye yeah. Huddle faithful yeah. who know that I'm yeah. the best one to make a mistake very quickly, but recognize <laughs> it and come back strong. They got the new the St. Peter's coach from last year's Elite yeah. Eight team, but they will. Uh, they're yeah. going to play with toughness as well, and this is a great test. And these are the kinds of I don't want to call them preseason non-conference games. Like I'm watching Michigan State right now play Kentucky. And, you know, last week Michigan State played Gonzaga. And when you play games like this, they never hurt you. As opposed to uh, Uwe Pui, you know, NCAA-T&T, those games. Right, right. You, you have right. to win them. You have to win them by 40 in order to make them, make them something. So 
at the end of the day, it's I think it's great. The Hawks are going out there and they're going to have this this basketball game. I'm excited to watch it. Total totals 150. Honestly, I like the under a little bit. Uh, Seton Hall plays a lot of defense, and and based upon the way that France sometimes allows the other team to dictate pace, I think that's that could be a big thing tomorrow night. It'll be a matter of uh, if if Iowa's points are coming from the outside and they stay hot, things will roll. Otherwise, you're right; they're going to have to be doing a little bit more penetrating and, and, and maybe it'll be a little bit. It'll it'll slow down a little bit, you know. Maybe this is a game where Chris Murray actually has to kind of impose himself. Well, it, uh, I know Fran's going to um, going to be pushing him to do it more and more. Hey, want to exactly. mention uh, the rest? The wrestlers have Army. They're at Army on Thursday, and then they have a, a dual duel. <laughs> At Sacred Heart in Buffalo in Albany on Friday, uh, they're just getting some That's called in. a triangular. Uh, well, it was K Thursday and Friday, though, right? Yeah, I guess oh. it is. It is. Yeah, that's right. right. Anyway, and then, uh, by the way, the field hockey team, they did make it through the first round of the NCAA tournament, beating Virginia in overtime, but then lost to Northwestern, and they're out in the Elite Eight, and that's the end of the season for them. A little Rats. bit of a disappointment starting uh, up up uh, a little bit higher uh, in, in the rankings earlier in the year. Let's jump to our Fifth Street Five, brought to you by Private Wealth Asset Management, right there in Valley Junction. And this is all in honor of all the great businesses there, including G-Migs and uh, the, the other restaurants and, and uh, uh, eating establishments and all the shops there on Fifth Street. And uh, Private Wealth wants to make sure that uh, everybody knows what a great, uh, what a bunch of great neighbors they've got there on Fifth hey, Street. And we're uh, we're going to go with our most memorable Iowa Minnesota games, correct? That's correct. And Brett, before we start that, just a reminder to our listeners: Jingle in the Junction this Thursday uh, down okay. down here in the Junction, and with the snowfall, it could be awesome. So just uh, a reminder. So the opening of the Christmas holiday shopping season here in the Junction uh, this Thursday down Jingle in the Junction. So most memorable top five Iowa-Minnesota games. I, I'm going to start because I'm going to start with a bad one. The year was 2014. It was on or around my birthday. We went to Minneapolis, followed by going to Green Bay. <laughs> that, and that's, that, and okay. yeah. we lost 51 to 14. And the yeah, temperature in yeah. Minneapolis that day at the start of the game was minus three. Every one of those beers that Trent Condon likes, um, that I can't think of, Grain Belt, yeah. the Grain Belt Green, Ugh. I opened them all, and they were all slush. That was the best part of the game. Hawks <laughs> played horrible, got beat 51-14. That's my number five. All right. All right, well, um, um, since you went on a negative on the number five, I'll go with the number five, uh, which was Hayden's last game up there. Oh, yes. to seven Iowa lost. Um, and and uh, that was a day that was, it was just such a sad day all the way around. We, um, my cousin and I realized it was going to be Hayden's last game. We drove up. We got tickets on the street on the way into the, into the dome. That's Four dollars. That's how, uh, you know, Minnesota fans had given up on the year. In fact, that's the one where the, they, they were ahead at halftime, and some guy came and sat down in the second half, and we said, these are your seats? He said, yeah, I was home raking the yard, and I found heard we were winning, so I decided to <laughs> watch the second half. I love but, it. Anyway, so we start with a bad one. Honorable mention there, by the way, the Lou Holtz game. You remember Lou Holtz was their coach 
They didn't win a game all year, but they beat Iowa at the end of the, of, uh, the year. Uh, I think that was 19. I'd have to go back and see what year that was, 1994 or something. Anyway. Uh, 1994, okay. Iowa won 49-42. It's in my number okay, three. That's not the, that's, okay, that's my number. That's my number. Uh, yes. So that's my number uh, four, and the reason is not only because 49-42, which was a very exciting game, but – my friend Joe Stample was the gorilla man, and he got in my and, and there you go. My friend Eric and I were watching at Denny Arthur's Sports Bar on the giant screen, and we looked up and we're like, "Hey, there's a gorilla guy running across the field. Hey, that looks like Joe Sample, and it was. And it so was. There was you 49, go. 42. Okay, um, that was my number four. What's your number four? 2008, 55-0 with the tie between 27-22 last year with the Keegan Johnson play. Those are my uh, two. And we're going to have to breeze through these because we're going to be short on before we get to the last call. Okay. My number okay, two um, is 2020. I'm going to I'm jumping ahead of here because Kirk called those three timeouts because we're going to take the pig, but we're leaving the timeouts. Well, I okay on my list as well. I've got the Snow Bowl in 1991. There you go. Bruce brought that up. Uh, you know, people people were pummeling me with uh, snowballs while I was trying to shoot the game for Channel Two. 1986, the illegal participation, uh, too many men on the field penalty gives Iowa a second chance at a field goal, and Rob Howland knocks it through for a 30-27 to 27, uh, victory. And oh, my number one call. is still 2002. Well, duh. Still 2002, Kinnick North, baby, 45-21, and, they were, and we, we took the goalpost right out of the – Tried to take it out of the dome. That's without question. Okay, that, last call time, my friend. What do you all got? Right. I got Iowa. I got Iowa winning this game. I got Iowa winning this game easy. 24-14. Is there logic behind well, 20 you like to, to the 24s, don't you? That Well, so do well. they. We scored 24 so, against what, Purdue. We scored 24 Min- against Wisconsin. Why yeah. would we not score 24 against Minnesota? So here's the thing. Iowa has won 17 out of 21 in this series, 7 in a row. Seven in a row. That's that's the blind squirrel axiom that I believe Iowa State had this year. Uh, in, you know, sooner oh. or later they're going to. No, you're not. Them. You're going to do this, but, aren't you? But but but. Minnesota's winner of three straight. Minnesota's winner of three straight against teams with no heartbeat. They haven't beaten anybody all year. Uh, Michigan State was okay. They haven't beaten anybody decent. Well, they all got year. beat by Michigan Somehow State, the Hawks, didn't they? No, they beat Michigan State. No, um, Michigan State beat so, them. I think that's the only victory that I thought they – I would have to go back and look. Okay. All right, hurry um, up. Rutgers, I've got Iowa on the, in this one 12-10. to 10. They're holding another team under 10 points. Iowa wins it. Four field goals, 12-10. to 12-10. I love How's it. That? I love it. All right. I'll see you next week, bud. All right. Take care. Hawkeye Huddle.